Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host, Denise Messenger, for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Well, hello, listeners. I hope you're all doing well today, which is Wednesday, October 14th, 2020. The year is coming to a close, and it has been a doozy. Today, we have a wonderful guest, Eloit Katz, and it's a subject that most people are very curious about particularly in the advice that he will be giving us today about being a strong man a woman wants. He's the author of seven nonfiction books. He's done a lot of interviews, and you know he speaks about the insights in his books a lot to groups of men and women. So let's bring him on. Welcome, Elliot. Elliot. Denise, how are you doing? To be here. Good to be here. I'm wonderful. Good. How are you doing? It's a great day. Absolutely. Your latest book, Being the Strong Man a Woman Wants, Timeless Wisdom on Being a Man, apparently has gone into 24 languages, so it's quite popular. So let's get into it. Where would you like to start? Well, I can start by what led me to write this book. So like a lot of people who write write books that share insights and wisdom, it began with their own journey, looking for these insights and wisdom. I was married, then I got divorced, and like a lot of people, at first I blamed the other person. Then I came to the point of asking myself, what do I have to learn from all this? I don't want to go through this again. So I really set out to, to to learn what does it mean to be a man in a relationship. Because you figure men and women have been in relationships for thousands of years. So the first thing I did was I would talk to other men and listen to what they said. And the more I listened to other men, the more I realized we're all kind of confused. We're <laughs> really not sure. <laughs> Especially today, where men today hear so many you know, confusing messages, like all, all these messages about be sensitive, develop your feminine side, talk about your feelings. Really, men are confused and they, they don't understand why what they're doing isn't working. Then I started reading books, and I, I read a whole bunch of books, and they really didn't say anything to me, but what does it mean to be a man in a relationship? And it was only when I turned to the ti- Timeless Wisdom, and that's why the subtitle is Timeless Wisdom, that for generations, you know, fathers and other older male role models used to teach younger men about being a man, that I was blown away. Because what I heard coincided with what I heard women complain is lacking in men today. 
They don't take responsibility. They don't show their share of leadership, and they don't make decisions. They seem to be so confused. They think, well, I don't. You know, we hear these messages that masculinity is toxic and controlling, and the men will say, all men I know will say, oh, I don't want to be controlling and toxic, so I'll just go along with what she wants, and then she should be happy because he can't accuse me of being controlling and toxic. It doesn't work. You know, I've heard men, women say. You know, when, a, when they always have to tell a man what to do, it makes her feel like she he's a child and she's his mother. And she doesn't want to be his mother. or She doesn't want to have to be the one who says, well, I, I don't want to be the one who always wears the pants. You know, I don't want to be what I've seen described as a married single parent. I want a man who's a man. Who, who You know, some decisions we make together. Sometimes he takes the initiative and deals with it. But I don't want to have to always tell a man what to do. So that was uh, the beginning, and that kind of led me to write this book. And at first I wrote the book, I thought, you know, it's just for me and my friends. We're the, it's just us that we need it. Well, as you, as you pointed out, it's been translated in 24 languages around the world, in Asia, Latin America, Africa, Europe. You know, it's it's just it's a common thing that men need to learn these things. And so many men today have grown up without strong male role models that they're very confused. So that's my goal is to... I'm on a mission to change the men of the world so that we have less divorce and less children from broken homes. Oh, it's quite commendable. Okay, thank you. That's, uh, I encourage people to read the book. It's a lot cheaper than getting divorced. Yeah, for a lot of reasons. So where where do you want to start uh, in your expertise and advice well you know i think what i was saying when i talk to men you know they they really have heard these messages about you know to talk about your feelings talk about be sensitive and like you know okay occasionally you can be sensitive and talk about your feelings but don't come home every day crying about what happened at work because a, a woman really wants a man who has backbone who has a, an emotional strength and 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 someone she could really depend on to be the rock that she could lean on, and you know these are things that men used to be taught, but in this generation, it's been lost. I also talk well, about. Go ahead, sorry, um, Denise. I guess my thinking is, you know, there's so many mixed messages. So how does a man decipher? That, that's the in problem. Other words, yeah, yeah. So, you know, where do you go with that? Right. That's the problem. They're, they hear all these messages and they're just confused and they figure, I'll just play it safe. I'll just do whatever my wife tells me to do. <laughs> and it should work. And how could you not be happy? But she's not happy because she really doesn't want that. That's... uh. She learns a man who takes responsibility for what's going on in the in the in the family, in the marriage, in the home. You know, one of the interesting things is that sort of a, a bonus. Men think that if they let the wife make all the decisions, that if something goes wrong, uh, you know, it's uh, you can't blame him because she made the decision. He doesn't realize that you know he's, he'll still be held responsible because. People will say, well, you're the man of the house. Like, how could you let this go on? And the interesting thing is, and like, this book is not religious in any way, 
But when you look at the the story of the first man, Adam, who was the first man who did this? Adam, the first man that, you know, they were in the Garden of Eden, they had one commandment, don't eat the fruit of the tree of knowledge. What happened? Eve eats it, then she pressures Adam to eat it, he eats it. And God says to him, Adam, did you eat the fruit of the tree of knowledge I commanded you not to eat? And what does he say? He says, the woman you sent me gave it to me and I ate it. When I read that, and, I'm, and this isn't religion, this is just looking for wisdom on relationships. When I read that, I said, I can't believe it. He gave in to something he knew was wrong, and then he blames his wife. I thought only men today did that. And I admit it, I did it too. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it, it's, so, you think, well, men have obviously been doing this for thousands of years, because that story is thousands of years old. So it it's it really hit me. It's like, you know, you can't you can't just go along and think, well, if it goes bad, just like I think it will, I'll blame her. No, you can't you can't do it. You have to take responsibility. And if you think this is wrong, well, then you can't do it because, you know, a lot of the, you know, I talk to a lot of men. I coach men. And this is a common situation. It often involves like a major financial expenditure, like buying a bigger house or having major renovations done to the house. You know, the man thinks, well, I'll do it. I want to please my wife, but really can't afford it. And then, you know, they do it, and they get into financial stress. And it's, uh, you know, it's just downhill from there. So, you know, if something is wrong, if you really, and you have to stand firm and say, no, we can't do that. This is this is going to destroy our family. You know, we, you, you got to take responsibility. And you can and if you give in, and, and even you can't say, oh, well, she pushed me into it. You know, you, nobody wants to hear you're a helpless victim of your wife. Nobody wants to hear that. And nobody will have any sympathy yeah. for you. Just, if it's wrong, you can't you can't do it. you got to protect your family and do what's best. So that's one of the things I talk about, taking responsibility. You know, don't blame her. Don't give in to something and then blame her. You know, don't uh-huh. always just leave everything to her. And, and you know, there's situations going on at home and say, well, you know, I'll just do what she says. Don't, if there's a situation while well, your children, your home, with your wife, take responsibility. Well, it's been kind of Find passive. A solution. Yeah, it's exactly. been very passive. They're, they're being passive. In the, rela- in the relationship. And they think that's, that's playing it safe. That's, I'll, oh, I'll just do what no. she says. Uh. Uh. <laughs> so, so how can a woman encourage um, a man to you know, share more of the leadership in the, in the relationship when it comes to these particular situations. Okay, that's a great question. So there's several things I I'd advise women. One is, you know, when it comes to making a decision, it could be, you know, even, you know, I, I I've talked to single women. I I couldn't count the number of single women who have told me that when a man asks them out, he, he can't even choose a place to go for a cup of coffee. He wants her to make that decision. So when there's a decision to be made that you would like him to make, and he asks you, well, he asks you, what do you want? What do, what should we do? Just say, I want you to decide. And he says, oh, I, uh-huh. I want, you know, I want to please you. I want you to make the decision. Just say, I like it when you make the decision, and then let him make the decision. And if it turns out to be not such a good decision, don't criticize him for it because that'll just cause him to withdraw. Just say, if it's not such a good, discuss what you learned from that decision, but don't 
criticize them because men withdraw. They, they're, you know, they're sensitive to. And then also, if there's a situation that needs to be dealt with, whether it be the kids or something at home, just ask him to deal with it. But don't tell him what to do. If he says, what should I do? Just say, do research. Try Googling it. That's what I do. And then when he does something, praise him for doing it. Because I've, you know, I've talked to a lot of men, and they'll say, I tried to take the lead on this situation. You know, she undermined me. She criticized me. So I just withdrew. And very often, I've heard men say, well, I can't be the leader unless my wife lets me. And I say to them, wait, you know, just, you don't need her permission to lead. You know, you're the man. You see a situation, deal with it. So that's what men think. And so just say, you know, you want him to lead. You want him to take care of it. Is this a generational thing? Have you found that young men are in the same predicament as the older men? Well, that's a great question. I, I think, you know, I, I really think that in every generation men have to learn this. And men used to learn this from their fathers or other male role models. But, I, you know, what's fascinating is I think older men, like today, they sort of have some memory of the days when, you know, maybe their father or grandfather was this kind of man. But, you know, over the past, like, 50 years, you know, we think we were progressed to create this kind of, like, sensitive new age guy who you know you know lets the woman tell him what to do and thinks that's being progressive I mean, and and occasionally it is it's just not all the time obviously uh, but the younger guys today like I tell them this I think they say no one's ever told this to me before I've never heard this before you know, wow. they're having problems with their marriage and I say you know what you can't just do what she says you got to you got to take the lead on you know, see, solve some of these problems. You can't leave it all to her. You get, you got to be, you show your share of leadership. And Why I do you suppose no men have become so before. emasculated? Well, I, I think it's, it's really they, they weren't taught. I just, I think generally men have to be taught this, and in this generation, uh, men weren't taught it, and for, for a variety of reasons. A lot of men grew up without fathers. Very common. Very. You know, the comments I've gotten on the book, like men will say, you know, I grew up with a single mother. No one ever taught me this. My girlfriend said to me, I'm breaking up with you because you never take the lead on anything. And he says, I've never heard this before. And and only when I read this book that I understand what she meant. It's, it's just uh, there's so many situations like that. There's television shows that portray men as, as you know, buffoons, incompetent buffoons. They go to school. Well, you know, Most I've, teachers are women. I've noticed... I've I've noticed that a lot of these um, TV shows where they're, you know, like cops and robbers, et cetera, they have um, strong women in in the roles of the bosses. They've completely taken the men out of the equation. Right, right, yeah. And this yeah. is in the U.S. as well as over in Europe. Right, right. So, I mean, and you know, you why know, do why do I have to notice that? You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's it's okay right, here right. and there, but but it's now it's so prevalent that it's just you just accept the fact that these women are telling all these men what to do all the time. Right, right, and that 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 that's you know, and that's part of like you know, moving to encourage young women to you know 
be push themselves to be strong and be in careers, and and and, and then to say, well, you know, that that's what a woman should be. But there's none none of the equivalent for men. That's or maybe there's very little for men. But you know what's interesting is, you know, I've talked to a lot of women who are successful in, in professions and in business. I remember one woman saying to me, you know, at work I may be a boss, but I'm with a man. I want to feel like a woman. I want him to take charge. Uh, you know, it's it's, but it's true what you're saying. Men today are are, you know, so much of uh, the educational system is, is is designed to encourage women to succeed, and that's great. But they seem to have forgotten. There's also men and young men who. Uh-huh. Need that as well. Uh-huh. It doesn't, just doesn't come automatically to them. It's it's uh, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think you there. can have e- you can have you can have equality. There's no question about it. Um, and particularly in the workplace. And I I love the fact that that women have pushed through the glass ceiling. But like I said, on the same token, they tend to go a little overboard when it comes to the. Uh, the movie industry and the TV industry. Right, right. Well, you know, but no one forces us to have to go along with that. You know, that's that's one of the things I've. I've no, you don't have to watch it. That's for sure. Yeah. You don't have to watch it. And you don't have to like. You know, people say, like often I, I've heard men will, will blame the feminist movement. I said, you know what? You don't have to listen to what they say. You could be, you could be a man. Who's a leader in his home? But you know, you know what? The interesting thing is, I don't really believe feminists say that men are just there to be serving their wives. Uh, I don't. I've no. never really heard of. Uh, but no, but men either. seem to interpret it like that. <laughs> men think, well, mm-hmm. feminists say I should just do what my wife tells me. Well, I, I've never really heard that because I don't think, you know, feminist women want that. I mean, I know they don't want that. They still want a man who, who, who you know, contributes, you know, helps with the household chores. But she, she doesn't want a man who just comes home and says, "Tell me what to do, I'll do it." Like, well, that's 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 because I explained to men who tell me this that that's what they do. I said, "Well, what's the difference between you and a nanny? That's not being a husband. That's being a nanny." So you know, she may she wants and appreciate, and you should help with the household responsibilities. But you're not just there. To just you know, do whatever she says. Part of taking on household responsibilities is being aware of what's going on in your home. You see a situation that needs to be dealt with. You know, you decide is that something you should discuss with your wife. You have a plan. You want to get her input, or is it something you know you should just deal with yourself? You've got to use your judgment. But she doesn't want someone who's just like, you know, tell me what to do. I'll do it. You know, that's that's a nanny. Well, you know, a lot a lot happened when families couldn't afford to have the um, the mothers stay at home to take care of the children that both mothers and fathers had to, to be in the workplace. So that really changed the right. dynamic of the family on top of everything else. Well, you know what's interesting? So, I, you know, part of research in my book, I read Histories of the Family, and so that's that is sort of a more current situation. But if you go back like 100, 150 years, you know, really when when uh, you know North America was more of a rural society, and uh-huh. families worked on farms, and fathers were very present. They were home all the time. You worked at home, 
and 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 you had a situation where yeah, fathers and mothers raised children together because they were both at home all day. And what really changed society, what really changed families, and I, and I read this in histories of the family, is when you know industrialization. You had families moving to the cities. And fathers got up early in the morning, and they went to work, and they were away all day. And they came home in the evening exhausted. They saw their kids for maybe an hour or two. And and they really became displaced out of the, the role of, you know, the father that in previous generations there was. It was, you know, when the man and woman are there all, all the time, and even, you know, the, the children are participating in chores at home, on the farm or in the, the small family business, you know that's that's uh, a different situation than a father coming home, and you know maybe his kids. Some some you know men they they work such long hours they they don't even see their kids. They maybe on the weekends. I mean I've I've met lots of men who said they had jobs that they got home so late their kids were already asleep, and they, so they quit those jobs so they could see their kids. <laughs> Uh-huh, it's got uh-huh. a reasonable job, but they can leave at five or six o'clock. So, I mean, that, that but all that. How does that influence the children? How does that influence giving, the, you know, a, a boy a role model of what it means to be a man, or, or, or giving a daughter a role model of what it means it means to be a man? Because, you know, the way for a man, a man has to be a role model of, a, of what a man should be. So, his daughter should learn. This is an example of a kind of man I should look for and choose to be with right that that's that's an important part of his job uh-huh. but if he's if he's working till if he comes home at nine o'clock at night and the kids are already asleep you know it, that's not going to happen so or, or if well, they're, they're it's divorced. Happening a lot it, it's happening a lot now with two parents at work because for, you know somehow or another we ended up working 60 hours a week instead of 40 Ultimately, that's what has happened in the workplace. Yeah, it's it's, it's um, well, I know. So that's that's a whole other issue. Uh, when when do the children get to you know be raised by their parents if they're working all the time or their nannies are raising them? It's, um, it's well, yeah, and I mean, as as a couple, it's very difficult too. Yeah, they're both going in different directions. <laughs> and, and when they come home, they're both exhausted and and not in the best of moods. Yeah, it's it, it's um well, I, I mean, I would it's, think it's a whole though, other issue. I would think I would think though, um, particularly now, um, you know, since say March of this year, that a lot of people have awakened because they were. Um, pretty much mandated to stay home because of right. this virus thing, and they're able to spend time with their family, with their children. It's a big wake-up call. It's kind of like, geez, look what I've been missing. I haven't had that bonding with my kids, and now, now I get to every day, and we're right, doing right. things together. You know. So, so that's been a good thing. Outside of the financial issues, because the you know, people, some people have lost their jobs. Uh, at least that's the good side of things. 
Right, right. And and now, you know, since March, as you said, a lot of the parents have to do homeschooling with their kids, right? Their kids are going to classes uh, over the Internet. True. And, and and so they have to take time to actually teach them, help them with their schoolwork. Uh-huh. It's, it's uh-huh. a whole, yeah, this, I think there will be a lot of positive outcomes, I mean, from this whole situation of really changing change i mean there's been a lot of negative outcomes unfortunately sadly tragically but but i think i think you know there things are changing and and there will be you know some positive outcomes so well, a lot of people a lot of people um get to work from home now and a lot of companies are going to make it permanent right right yeah so yeah, yeah so it i i yeah i think you'll see a lot of different things Working from home, just, just different situations. I mean, just think, you know, a lot of places like where I live, the average commute to work is an hour each way. That's sometimes more, but uh, that's two hours. And, and, and it's two hours, like, exhausting hours. When you come home after working all day and, and commuting for over an hour, you're exhausted. Like, like you know, don't... don't <laughs> Don't jump on me. Don't 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 come at me with a lot of problems because I get my brain is frizzled. Yeah. You know? True, very true. Yeah. Well, it's an interesting world we're living in. So, do you want to cover something else? Um, that well, you I, know I think in I'm, your book. The main thing is okay. So, like, you know, I talk about. Like the three main messages I tell men, like take responsibility. We talked about show leadership, but also make decisions. Like be decisive. Don't don't just say, um, you know, whatever you want. That's a, <laughs> that's that's one of my messages. Like okay. men will say, what, you decide whatever you want. Like it, it's not men don't say that. Just make a decision. You know, if your wife calls you at work and says, what would you like for supper tonight, chicken or fish? Just make a decision. Don't say whatever you want. Because you, you will frustrate uh-huh. her. And the, uh, the other interesting thing I, I learned is, uh, you know, you know, a lot of people in the media will talk about that we need to redefine masculinity. It's it's really because they because what they've done is actually they've redefined it to be toxic, controlling, misogynist. But it's not that at all. And, and as I explained to people that on my journey to learn what it means to be a man. I learned what it means to be manly by looking up in the dictionary, and it's actually a very positive word. And I'll read the dictionary definition. To be manly is to have the noble qualities of a man who is of mature character. It means to have the admirable traits and virtues of being honorable, having courage, and being independent. And this is this is a, a definition that dates like for, from the 13th century. And not only that, wow. but... The word virtue, one of the, the original meanings of the word virtue is manly strength. So we have all these negative words, negative connotations for manliness and masculinity, but it's actually a very positive thing. So I, I encourage you, this is, so we don't have to redefine masculinity. We have to be, we have to, men have to strive to develop the traits of what, the word manliness really means you know being decisive having strength in your convictions being honest having the courage to face difficulties having self-confidence being self-reliant that is what the dictionary defines as manliness so that well, is what we great. have to strive to work on on ourselves 
and and you know like all these all these ideas about toxic masculinity well you know unfortunately there are some men who you know misbehave who do things who act badly and that's horrible but um but you know that's that's not being a man that's not being that's that's being weak that's not being strong you know if you give in to your urges to and, and do things inappropriate uh you're not uh that's not being manly so let me just uh-huh. say a few other things I tell men one of the ways, like in other things, how do we learn? We watch other other people who are good at it. So sometimes, and I know in my own journey, I meet men who were strong, who were leaders, who were who were uh, taking responsibilities, and I used to feel uncomfortable with them because they were so different than me. So the thing is, like like in other things, watch men who are good at it, watch men who are strong, and do these things and, and learn from them. The other thing I'd say, money, money is an issue that uh, can destroy marriages. Financial stress can bring out problems uh-huh. uh, that wouldn't have otherwise have arisen. So make all, take every effort you can not to get into a financially stressful well, situation. But, you know, don't you find it interesting that it's never taught in school? <laughs> oh, I know. I you're, know. you're never given a really class teach. on how to manage your financial life. <laughs> Ever. Unless you're, you know, you know, go to accounting. Um, and well, so you're absolutely right. Sudden, they don't teach you. All of a sudden, you're in a, a relationship, or you're, you know, you're married, and now you have, you have to work those things out between the two of you. And sometimes you just don't know how to do it. Right. Well, I know. I are absolutely right. How to do a budget? You know, household budget. How to how to use credit cards. How to, what a mortgage uh-huh. means, what the, uh-huh. you know, what can, it can lead to. Yeah, you know, absolutely, absolutely. And you know what? They, they in school they don't teach you marriage. How about learning how to be married? Learning what, what it means, like what, what, uh, you know, what it will mean in the well, long term, not um, in the short. <laughs> you know, I, a lot of people that I've talked to about it, they basically say that it's a business. You know, if you take the emotional aspect out of it after you've been married for quite a long time, <laughs> it's, it is a business. <laughs> How are we going to run our financial business, right? Right, right. Oh, yeah. No. No, you, uh, absolutely, and look what happens absolutely. in a divorce. Yes. Huh? You, in a divorce, you're looking at your entire business situation there and figuring out who's going to get what. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. No, it, it, you're you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And and one person can't be oblivious. You can't just assume, you know, oh, everything's going to just take care of itself. It's, uh, you know, you have uh-uh. to be, you have to be aware, and you have to, you know, realize a certain amount of money is needed, and you know, you, you know, get a job if you need to. <laughs> you know, that's uh-huh. that's. Uh, I talk about that also in the book about working and getting a job, and you know, I. You know, in the, in the coaching I've done, it doesn't surprise me the number of situations where one person—it could be the man, it could be the woman—really refuses to get a job, and that, how that leads to breakup of the marriage. It's um, oh yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, and the other thing I talk about, one of the other things is, um, you know, the big house. How people are, you know, seduced by this idea of this big house, and they think it's going to actually help their marriage. But they get in a yeah, it's going to make me happy. 
yeah, this big beautiful house. I, I've seen that quite a few uh-huh. times, sadly. And and I remind people that, like in the old days, like the 1930s and 40s, the term "big house" referred to a prison, right? They say um, he's, we're sending him to the big house. That means we're sending him to jail. So, and the other things I talk about is, um, you know, being worthy and being entitled. Being worthy is to feel that your spouse should feel that you're worthy. I tell this to men, like, you want your wife to be your partner, she has to feel you're worthy of being a partner, too. And and you, so uh-huh. that doesn't, like I say, you can't just say whatever you want, you decide. You know, you've got to develop your own character, and like, like these traits of manliness, so she could look at you and say, yeah, I want to help him. I want to help him achieve the goals for our marriage because I, he's worthy of my, you know, my support. Uh, and the, on the other hand, too, being entitled, being entitled to feel that you're entitled to being treated well. Like just, you know, sometimes, and I've seen it, like people, like guys, you know, a, a man's wife will, like, make a crack, insult him in front of other people, make fun of him. Oh, terrible. You, you just got to decide. You got to say, I'm entitled uh, to being treated properly. And, you know, once you decide that, it won't happen. I tell guys that. You know, I was co- coaching one guy. He says he's, he's divorced or separated. And his wife asked him to help him with the kids, but the, she's yelling at him. And, and I'm I'm looking at him in disbelief. I say, well, aren't, you're entitled not to be yelled at. And, and, you know, you could say to her, I'd be happy to help you. But as ask me respectfully. I'll, but if you can't, I can't. If you can't talk to me respectfully, I can't help you. But I'd be happy to help you. Just talk to me in a respectful way. And, uh, you know, because you're entitled to it. You're entitled to be spoken to respectfully. Well, typically when couples lose respect, then everything goes downhill. Right, right. I know that is the beginning. When, when they show contempt for each other, when they're putting the other person down, especially in... in uh, front of other, you know other people uh-huh. or the or yeah. undermining him and in front of the kids it's over that's, it's over it's over well <laughs> it's 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 on a beginning of the slippery slope down. and, and <laughs> the other point i make in the book uh is about giving you know a lot of people and it's, i've seen this both men and women you know i feel they'll give they'll give they give and and they're showing the other person how they want to be treated but often Sometimes that's true, but often you're actually teaching the person to be a taker. You're not teaching them to give. You're teaching them to be a taker. So the important thing is give your spouse. You can give because it's important to give to your spouse, but it's important to give your spouse opportunities to give to you, not because you need to take, but to give that person the opportunity to give to you and and become more of a giver. So Uh uh those are some some of the points I make. Those are good. I guess I also have a chapter on... uh, the difference between leadership and and controlling leadership is you know a person who's a leader is mature has confidence is thinking about the greater good of his marriage of his family someone who's controlling is just insecure and thinking about only about themselves that's really yeah, important thing yeah very so why don't you tell our listeners where they can get your book or books because okay. you have quite a few well, actually, my other books are, are about different topics, but this book, Being the Strong Man and Woman Wants, Timeless Wisdom on Being a Man, it's available as a paperback and as an e-book. As a paper, the easiest place to get it is, as the paperback is on Amazon, and it's also an e-book on Kindle, 
Kobo, and iBooks. And um, if you want to contact me, I'd be happy to hear from you. My uh, my website is www.elliotcats.com, and Elliot is spelled E-L-L-I-O-T-T. That's a double T. Uh, K-A-T-Z dot com. And you know, any you want to discuss anything, any you know, coaching or anything, I'd be happy to help because really, you know, the goal is to prevent, to reduce divorces, reduce kids from broken homes. And I said at the beginning, read the book. It's a lot cheaper than getting divorced. And you'll see, read the comments on Amazon. People say, this book saved my marriage. So, oh, wonderful. Well, thank you, Elliot Katz, for coming on our show. I know I learned a lot from you today. And yes, Let's save people's marriages and their relationships for sure. Okay, thank you very much, Denise. I wish you continued you're success welcome. in what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. You take care. Take care. Bye bye. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. All right, that wraps up our show for today. Thank you for joining us. We'll have another great guest next Wednesday. Until then, please be well. Bye bye. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have and follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit Got Cancer? Now What? for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What?